The Raw Rugby Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Raw Rugby Podcast. I'm Brett McKay. The final round of the Rugby Championship is upon us and perhaps one more weekend of surprises is uh, is here as well. And your place for the biggest and best rugby discussion is the raw.com.au, Australia's biggest sporting debate. Fantastic to have Sumo Stevenson on last week. Genuinely one of my favourite conversations we've had uh, had this year. Uh, and the feedback on the freshly baked brownies, the cause of the small interruption mid-episode, was very good, I'm told. Uh, you'll all be pleased to hear that. Um, thanks so much to everyone as well who climbed into the Instant Reaction pod after Blitterslow won last Thursday night. Officially now our most listened to episode of the year and uh, all this time, all we needed was the application of a rarely seen section of the laws. Who knew? Uh, you can, of course, have your say on the Raw each week. Or you can hit us up on the socials. Joining me this and every week, a man still coming through years of footage and studying the time, Matthew Renal allowed for kicks to touch, Harry Jones. Hello, mate. How are we? How's it, Brett? Um, huge uh, breaking story for our pod. I caught up oh, with yeah? a a French referee, a French referee. I'm not saying he was the French referee, but a guy from Perpignan who claims he is the same guy as that guy. I don't, I've never <laughs> seen him, right? Uh, he, he talked to me, so here it is. Drop. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is my actual interview, sorry. You know, because it's audio, we can do this. We can yeah. pretend. Uh, uh, so, good day, mate. Uh, <laughs> Great who start. Is this, who is this mate? Uh, I am from Perpignan. And my father's name was Mathieu, and my grandfather's name was Mathieu. Do not call me uh, this nickname, mate. No, 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 no. I think actually that's an Australian uh, greeting. It's actually a salutation. Uh, oh, oh my God. So the mustachio man with the horse leg, when he was saying mate, the marquee, he was not disrespecting me? Uh, no, no, not at all. Actually, they say mate too much. It's like an overused term. Oh my God, I think I've made a huge mistake. <laughs> so, so what happened out there, uh, Mathieu? Uh, you know, uh, yes, uh, I don't know. You know, we have, he said that there were a lot of finishers. I was getting finished. I wanted to finish the match. Uh, I was trying to say, jouer, play on, we play, we play, we play. And uh, no one was playing. Uh, but I had a plan. Uh, at the next scrum, I was going to call uh, Feed Not Straight. But then <laughs> the red-headed All Black, he, he threw it in straight for the first time in rugby. Uh, so uh, I was uh, stymied, uh, but I was going, I had a plan, don't worry. Well, what was the big rush? You know, you could have just time off and then let the guy kick the ball and time on. Uh, Ari, I must uh, confess something. Uh, I had to go a uh, giant uh, poo-poo and I had to <laughs> off the field. I'm so sorry. I want to uh, apologize to all of Australia. And now I admit. So, uh, you know, look, it's over now, okay? Okay. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> thanks, referee. That was wonderful. I uh, appreciate it. That was it. It's seamless, mate. It's, it's, I, I can't believe you got hold of him. I really can't. It was all a misunderstanding about the word mm. mate. Yeah, That's- gotcha. Makes perfect sense. Uh, for, for people who do follow us on the socials, um, just go to, to my Twitter page at BMC Sport. You'll see a, a picture of, Harry's special film effect. I believe it's French noir you're going for tonight. What is what's happening? We <laughs> quite art house. All right, let's get into this week's guest. A, a guest we've had on the pod before, um, and someone who might have got a different reaction to a column on the Raw recently than perhaps he bargained for. The Raw Rugby Podcast. To the pods, Brisbane studio, we return this week. And from there, it's a warm welcome back to former Ballymore Tornado scrum half and the Raw Rugby columnist, Will Genia. Hello, mate. Welcome back. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. No, I appreciate the uh, the Ballymore Tornado's reference. Definitely yeah, a proud yeah. member of that team for sure. Did you did you go back and find the jersey last time I mentioned it? I haven't. I actually don't know where it is. <laughs> it's all well, in my memory bank. When you, when you find it, send it my way and... I'll, uh, I'll I'll pot in it for sure for sure. Uh, now now I mentioned the, uh, the the recent reaction to a to, to a column you um, you were t- you were taking it back a little bit the other week weren't you? Mate, it's, it's, it's very different um, <laughs> being on this side of it and, and getting the reactions that you sort of get. But um, sometimes it's quite hard to put all your thoughts and all your words into it um, yeah. as opposed to maybe just having conversations with people. So that's something that I'm obviously learning. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, I try to be as objective as I can, and sometimes it's it's all right for people to change their minds. Um, so, so it was a shock then when one of the first come back was, oh yeah, Will Pickett, his mates again. Yeah, I mean, I'm I, I'm, I'm actually not that type of person, you know. I, like, I'll actually say what it is that I think based on my my experiences and my understanding of what I'm looking at, but I I, I do see that people can take it that way. So it, again, it was very different. Yeah, no doubt. On the on the actual, on the actual points you made. I think you were vindicated. I mean, it was a big difference to see a general running the ship out there with um, yeah. Bernard Foley. I mean, for all the other stories we have, of course, Bernard Foley looked like he could uh, sense the game, feel the same, uh, feel the game. He was putting people through gaps. Um, I think that's exactly what you were actually arguing: is that mm. that cool head, you know, veteran. Underrated. Well, the thing I when I look at the 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 dynamic of the team, it's 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 got an excellent makeup. The, the group, like they've got good young forwards who love the physicality, who bring a lot of energy and play like with play with a lack of fear. They they just genuinely yeah. go out there and back themselves. And within that, you can find that sometimes you can go astray. You know, when they played South Africa a couple of weeks ago, South Africa were excellent at putting them in positions where it was hard for them to get out. You know, how for them to exit, and um, what 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 they lack in those moments it's just someone with experience to be able to direct the team around and I think I saw I read something about Alan Alatoa saying today that that he that you know Bernard was that calming influence that when yeah. they were down 31-13 um, he, he got them together in the, in, in the huddle under the post and said look let's just keep believing let's just keep trusting the process mm-hmm. and you can't you can't really measure how important that is because when you have young players again who play fearless um, who play with a lot of energy and a lot of heart they still need that direction and that experienced yeah. player really, really counts in those moments. Yeah, yeah, it made a difference. The thing I, the thing I noticed in um, in going back through the game and actually with an eye on on Foley for my column on Tuesday was that he his his number of active involvements really wasn't that high through the game, but it was him picking his moments and it was what he was doing in the background, setting up the, you know, the third and fourth and fifth phase of the play, which often they didn't get to, but you could see what he was doing and and the involvement that he had without actually getting his hands on the ball was, was a big difference. I I think in that, in that team and and it made a huge difference. We saw what sort of a difference it made. So um, let's hope it can continue uh, this weekend coming over in Auckland. I almost dare not to ask the same question. We start with, Every week, but but what did stand out for us on, a, on another great weekend of, of rugby world? <laughs> um, obviously, I'm going to say the refereeing decision, uh, <laughs> but I've, I've I've got a different take on it. Like I, I, it might sound like I'm sitting on the fence, but um, I don't agree with the decision. I'll say that from from the get go, just because we've never seen it enforced. I mean, yes. you see the South African teams. Uh, in years gone by, and even this South African team take forever to kick the ball out and then walk so slowly to the line out. You've got Northern Hemisphere teams that do that. They After they kick the ball out, they huddle and then walk slowly towards the line yes. out. And so it was a weird moment to be able to do it. But at the same time, I, I, can't, I, I genuinely have empathy and understanding for, for the referee in his decision because when you hear the audio, I mean, his, his communication is very clear. Because my yeah. thing is, if his, if his communication was poor uh, and wasn't direct and wasn't clear, then that makes it even that, that to me is like, well, yeah. he has no excuse, but he was clear. He was concise. He was direct. Um, and, and so then made a decision based on that communication. And yeah. so I can sort of see both sides and, and, and in a way it's kind of a courageous decision because we talk about so often teams and teams are slowing the yeah. game down. And, it's and, hugely and, courageous. Absolutely. It's courageous. There you are. Like that. There, there you are. Will sticking up for your mates again. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I don't like, uh, I wouldn't say he's my mate. I said this to someone um, after what happened. Like my experience with any French referee that I've played uh, officiating, played with officiating, again, they're the most pedantic referees. And again, just my experience, they they tend to be quite um, almost dismissive of people when you approach them. It's like, no, this is the rule. They're like teachers. And, and, And so I've not had like good experiences with referees. So I'm certainly not supporting my mates in this, but um, <laughs> but I, I do I do I do applaud it in a, in a sense because it would have been so easy to continue to give them warnings and warnings and warnings, and so I, I do think it is hugely courageous. But at the same time, now it, it, him in particular, he's got to be consistent with it moving Absolutely. forward for the rest of his refereeing career. Otherwise, it's just it's not going to be a good look uh, for for him. Absolutely, absolutely. And you actually hit on a point there. We can we can probably come back to it. 
I think what's been lost in everything about it was that as technically correct as it might have been, just the fact that we've never seen it before is like, like it, it can be correct and it can still be obscure. And, and I think that little nuance has probably been lost in, in, in the debate where it feels, Harry, in times that there's been a rush to try and make it a black and white argument. And it definitely isn't as black and white as your current video picture, for example. <laughs> no, it's, uh, it's, 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 how, it's like many things in a yeah. vigorous debate. It's how you frame the issue. Yeah, so exactly. the issue is, Could he call it? Was he empowered to? Of course he was. You know, could he have done better um, at communicating? Like when you say 10 in a, in a loud yeah. stadium, mean there's a 10 does mean, second does it mean 10 seconds to go yeah yeah exactly do you yeah. know the guy's name it's actually a french name bernard so say hey bernard yeah. uh i'm going like when you kick i'm putting time on that would be the solution that would so, be the solution and to me going forward that is yeah. the solution in the last yeah. 10 minutes two minutes uh you know if you think that someone's doing a team in the lead thing just go the time mm. goes on when your boot hits the ball boom yeah gone. Yeah, um, I'm keen. I'm keen to keen to get what you, what stood out for you on the weekend. But I just to, to finish with, I spoke to um, Peter Marshall um, on Friday for a TV story for for the ABC, and he said it outright. There's plenty of ways to waste time legally, <laughs> so you know there were certainly certainly ways well, that it could have been handled better. But you know, there are plenty of ways to waste time. You could do it. Legally. Yeah, you could do it the, the front stain uh, way. Front stain will be at ten this weekend. He just gets the ball, and kicks it immediately. He does. He waits. Yeah. Know, second but then they walk so slowly to the line yeah. that you get your 39 seconds but then so, I, I liked I, I liked I liked your suggestion that we we swap messages over the weekend if, if Friendstone would just point at the poles and go yeah I'm gonna have a shot from here 95 out sure and even if he only gets it to 60 meters out it wouldn't I mean, matter the time, you, the time that, that, that is a great idea I definitely yeah, you could just keep going can you rule out that Frostein might make it? I mean, he just might. He, <laughs> he just, just might. might. He, he just might. might. Uh, Harry, what's, uh, what's the there for you? Yeah, two big rugby moments. One, uh, I'd, I'd love to hear what Willie thinks about this, but, you know, Nick White's kick. Oh, my God. That kick oh. was unbelievable to Oh, to I'm go. glad you brought this up. I'm so glad you uh, brought this up. The action of the kick, I didn't think he had enough toe the way he went through it, but actually it was such a pure strike. Almost like a... A guy hitting a three iron under a tree. He had to. He had to cut a low. Actually, it was interesting yeah. how he kicked the ball, and it never deviated. It was beautiful. I think he went to the tee and did the. You know, he threw it away before he even looked at it go over. He was so yeah. sure of it. That yeah. was a, a beautiful rugby moment, and I've given Nick lots of stick on this, but that was uh, the pressure on that. Um, he looked very calm. He always knew he made that kick. Um, second moment stood out for me was the box had to get a bonus point down in. Argentina, not a great place to play. The, the yeah. stadium was rocking. Uh, the two tries that came through in the in the final 10 minutes there with Malcolm Marks playing the full 80 and taking a sort of a Pete Samu try where you had wing to forward to wing to forward. Yeah. It was actually, a, a, to me, it was very good rugby and it looked like the kind of rugby you could put forward in the World Cup. Yeah, absolutely. That that what well, that kick of Nick White's. Um, he's he's my blood as I cut moment. Will did did you you played the 2015 win in Sydney? You started and Whitey came off the bench. Is that no 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 no? Nick Phipps. I was injured. Nick Phipps started. Oh, and, right um, Whitey came off the bench. Whitey came off the bench and kicked a very very similar goal, similar distance from somewhere near halfway. It was my first test match, uh, first blood as I cut match on the sideline for ABC for the ABC Sport and. Went straight out, knew Whitey enough, well enough to to grab him and, and talking to him, and he just he relived the whole kick and so, you know, talk us through what happened, and he just just talked us through his process. And when he lined that kick up on on Thursday night down in Melbourne, I just thought I've seen this before. There is just no yeah. way he's going to forget. He's he's not going to kick this, and he just absolutely nailed it and kicked it sixty meters on the fly, like he nailed it. He he's always had it boot. He's an excellent kicker, Rigger, yeah. full stop. Like, he's an excellent goal kicker. If you, you, you watch him in training, he'll hit them from 55, someday 60 yeah. if he's feeling good. And you can see it in just his general play, play kicking. And having obviously trained with him and played games with him, when he, when he strikes a ball, the sound that it makes coming off yes, his boot, it's different, like a isn't cannon. It? Yeah. It's different. It's like a cannon. And it's all about, I mean, it's just he's like, that's his point of difference. He's an excellent kicker of the ball. And I, I as soon as he lined it up, in my head, I'm thinking it's gone over. I, I never... Yeah. I never doubted that he'd have the distance and it was just a case of the accuracy. And then you just see him hit it and it just, it's just dead straight bang. right the way through. It was just, he just black dotted it 
off the team. He, absolutely he incredible. A, kick. I, I, he, I, he I actually thought follow, yeah, his follow through is actually short. Do you see that too? Yeah. He, he doesn't. Yeah. He, so some some kickers when they have that big kick, they go too far. I think he stayed right within his little his margin. He's, of how he's he very did. he's very fast through it. He's almost he, he's almost like he's stabbing at it, just sort of. Hits yeah, it and goes, yeah, yeah. He's an excellent timer of the ball. Like it's, it's yeah, like it's a golf swing. If you get if you get good timing, and you've just it's a natural gift that you have with timing. If you have, if you've got timing, you never actually have to try and hit hit it too hard. And I think that's that's certainly his gift. But I mean, I thought he was excellent full stop coming on coming yeah, on. Yeah, his impact was minutes. great. Yeah, no, he, he he was to me honestly was part of the reason that they started to mount that comeback because when I watched them play, he has such a great understanding of the way Day wants to play his rugby. Because yeah. a lot of it's very similar. Like I had conversations and a lot of it's very similar to how they played in Exeter. Yes. Um, and so because he has a good understanding of it, he, he, he can identify the pictures that he's looking for and then make the right decisions based on which direction to play, yeah. whether to play the forwards, play at the back or look for kick space and things like that. And, and I thought it was really, really good. Really yeah, good. nice. Was was really good. Was really good. Now we've we've we have touched on the uh, the, the Renal decision um, out of the out of the first game. We don't need to go over it all again. But I'm interested to know, Will, how teams can be affected by such a massive moment, and they would be trying their absolute damnness to put it out of their minds going this week. But it's still being discussed, you know, a week later now. How how difficult is that going to be for for the Wallabies going forward this week? I'm going to be honest. I, I, having been in like situations where those like those sort of emotions can linger based on like certain games, it, it, it's hard to block out. Like it, it's yeah, it, it it is. And people will say, "No, we've blocked it out." And it's it's you know we, we're not thinking about it. It's all about this week. It just lingers somehow. It, it just stays there. And I can't put my finger on how or exactly what people might be thinking or what I was thinking. But it's just the emotion of you know we we should have won, and off the back of a decision that we never ever seen before, um, and that makes it hurt just that little bit more. I think I guess the thing is you just hope that um, from a Wallabies perspective, it spurs them on to to focus more on the process because that emotion can can sort of bubble away and and come out in the game in terms of like a whole bunch of energy, but then you go flat or then you lose sight of what the process is, what the game plan is, and, and mm. what you're supposed to be focusing on. Uh, and so you ho- hopefully it gets channeled in the right way so that they can still be very much process driven on doing their jobs because it it is hard. It it, yeah. it, it is really really hard. And that then leads into the to the to the next question. Like, could it can they use it in, in, in their favor this week? Is is it something that they can because it is so hard to block out, is it something they can use to to push them forward? I, I think for them it will be purely because of the state of the rugby championship and that yeah. like there's still a chance of that they could win. You know, you never know yeah. Argentina beat South Africa uh and and say we beat the All Blacks with a bonus point or whatever it is. Like there's still that opportunity. So because because there's a sort of pot of gold at the end of the rainbow that can sort of narrow that focus a little bit more regardless of what's happened what happened in in the last test match and you know i'm sure the messaging will be around yeah focusing on the process and leaving things behind i just hope that you know the players have it in them to be able to do that yeah yeah it'll be interesting to me to me it's a derby right so new zealand australia has that bitter feel of everton liverpool and it doesn't matter if everton's <laughs> at the bottom of the league if they can deny liverpool yeah. the championship they will be lovely so the wallabies will be thinking that way second you know i was with the box in the airport uh in adelaide and right or wrong so you can actually say their belief about um some of the things that happened in that game were wrong it doesn't really matter it actually rallied them and it gave them a, yeah. a world we're in a foreign country we're here up against it so the wallabies have to carry the renal failure into eden park because they have to take that renal failure and use it (laughs) and they're going to go in there and say uh and they're going to go there and say we're against the world the world was against us it's not sustainable look it's not going to carry you for five matches but for one match it can because you know you hate to see them celebrating in the corner there uh in marvel stadium and that's got to just kind of just annoy you a little bit and i think you have yeah. to come out and say, i mean part, yeah. part of it is also still the opportunity to create history you know to be able Absolutely. to go there and win at eden park yes. having seen ireland do it um you know, that's something that can narrow your focus and that, that was the thing i learned over like in your like say when we when i was at the reds um when we had that successful period when you mckenzie was a coach what he would do for us each week was theme the week around things that we yeah, had right. accomplished as a team. So it might have been like we hadn't won two games back to back, or we hadn't beaten this team in years, or we'd never won 
in South Africa against the Stormers. And we themed weeks that way in order to be able to narrow our focus so that we were very much focused on like the job at hand. Uh, and, and, you know, I'm sure that that's probably some of the messaging that's going on. So hopefully that the fact that they can create history and the fact that they can still win the championship might be able mm. to, to really narrow their focus and make sure they concentrate on unfulfilling their roles and responsibilities within the game. Yeah. And, and you have to think... You don't, you don't have to think that this year is the good year for that because why? How could New Zealand lose absolutely of thirty-one to thirteen? Was it thirty-one thirteen? I mean, you don't see All Blacks yeah lose that lead. I, I would think no. that the coach would tell him, "Guys, you can beat these guys. You are just right there." Uh, it was a couple of things, you know, one more touch, Kellaway on the ground, game might be different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, tell you what, just, just, just on that play, how good was that tackle? From Rico One, oh. he's he, he's he's my favorite player in in world rugby right now. He's a special player. Him, he'd be him and Marika would be my favorite players at the moment. That's the third Rico time Iwane. he's done that this season. He's yeah. I think he's robbed three like absolutely one hundred percent tries. Yeah, and I've watched I've watched it back a couple of times, and I, and I I said on I said on Thursday night the instant reaction like he he absolutely would have thought Andrew Kellaway that he was putting the ball down on the ground because he had resistance from something hard and it was yeah it was Ioani's arm wasn't it so yeah Man, he's just yeah. he's got genuine gas like yeah, uh, he has he's got genuine top end speed genuine acceleration and he's a big guy it's like and, and he yeah he, he, the thing I really enjoyed about him is like obviously we know how good he is with attack in his attacking game but just his efforts off the ball you see with the cover mm-hmm. defense you see with working hard to come across and help out his inside backs and outside backs and it's speed kills, and I love watching watching guys like him and Marika. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You've you've mentioned you've, we've mentioned Eden Park now. Will how how difficult is it to convince yourself that it's just another rugby ground rather than one that the Wallabies just happened to not have won at since 1986? How like how how hard is that? Talk talk to us about the 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 mental side of the history. But again, like being honest now, being removed from it, 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 it is difficult. Like you saw Ireland obviously go over there and win and break that hoodoo, mm. but they don't play there as often as we do. You know, we literally play there once or twice a year, every year. Mm. And so we've obviously got, um, it weighs on us a little bit more that, in, in that respect, I think. But yeah, you hear all the, the conversations around it is just a footy field and, and all this and all that. But it's more so what what it does for them. Like having played there yeah. plenty of times, they they see it as like a spiritual fortress, and they certainly grow. And the and and when the crowd gets involved in the game, like I've been involved in games there where you you just didn't know what was happening. You like we had no way of slowing or stopping any of the momentum that they had because they were getting yeah. carried around. They were getting carried by the emotion of um, the crowd, by the emotion of obviously that being their their their, their spiritual sort of home ground, and it's. It is difficult, and then the more the, the more the years go by, the more it weighs on you as well. Mm. And, and you flip it, and you can see it as an opportunity. Um, but I don't know. Like maybe it's a case of us just actually acknowledging, it, being like, "Yeah, it, it is a tough place to play," rather than the old-fashioned, yeah. you know, it's just the rugby ground. It's like anything. You, if you acknowledge it, you accept it, then you're probably in a better position to be able to deal with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting. It will be interesting. The Wallabies team will be named Thursday. Um, we've seen. We've seen Dave Rennie flip from making six and seven and eight changes to going completely unchanged from 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 Adelaide to um, to Sydney against against South Africa. What do you what are you thinking this time around? We know there'll be at least one forced change with Rob uh, Liotta uh, confirmed to have ruptured his, his Achilles unfortunately last week, so there'll be at least one change. But what are you what are you thinking? Is this a pick and stick week or is this another time to twinker? I think it might be a pick and stick because mm. the one thing I, I do like about him, um, regardless of what people say, is he actually picks people on performance, whether it's yes, in down or, or, or in training. He's very much around. He's very much within in that mold. And you know, I thought the guys performed really, really well, really yeah. well. Like obviously, we were just a whisk away from winning it, so maybe it is a case of pick and stick. And um, you know, obviously, slips I think might be out as well, potentially with a calf. He's um, he's he's in. He had some had a question mark, but early, early, there were signs early in the week that it maybe wasn't quite as bad as feared. So he he might be okay. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Well, the, the, the interesting thing is in what the dynamic of the back row. Like, how does that? Um, yeah. How do you, does Jed Holloway then slip into number six, and then you bring, you know, obviously Darcy Swain might be facing a band, but you bring Caden Neville in. Yeah. Um, Nick, Nick Frost, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, the other yeah. the other one is with with Whitey. Like again, like I had yeah. this conversation with someone else. Like. 
he was actually excellent off the bench. And I thought Jake was very good too. I thought Jake was very good at the start yeah. of the game. And, you know, maybe it's yeah. funny, like you, those, those two young halfbacks with Whitey having started all the games, you probably expected them to then in the last 30 minutes or 20 minutes lift the tempo and make a difference and make a change. But if, in all honesty, if, if I'm looking at it like objectively, I don't feel like they have. Whereas yep. Jake, when Jake started, he played well. And when Whitey came on, and then Whitey had impact. He had impact, yeah. as well yeah. as I don't think the other two guys have. So you know, <clears> it was it's an interesting call, that one. It was almost like a, like a Pete Samu type type bench impact. And then the way he played at number seven himself, he's now got himself in a position, well, how can you not pick him? And and that's that's fascinating. That that back row, even when when before Liotta went off, um, for three Victorian boys, it should be acknowledged, they there was a really good feel about the three. No, they, was, they were I, I love the balance of that back row because yeah. it's good size, good they're all quite dynamic with ball in hand. Yeah. And in terms of their foot speed around the ground, they they, they, they love ripping in the physicality. And I think Pete Summer, he's obviously a bigger body than than, than a Fraser McWright and um, yeah. and a Michael Hooper. And that that can't be understated being that little bit bigger, you know. So um he's he's also got this he's also got a really good ability to be able to stand in the tackle and look for the offload, which I yeah. really like. Yeah, yeah. And I, I thought he was excellent. I thought he, he was, was excellent on the weekend. He really was. Harry, sorry. Yeah, well, it, it helps to be a swashbuckling pirate. I mean, look at Pete Samu. <laughs> when his hair comes out and he's running and he's shrugging off Will Jordan, he, he looks like a pirate on the run. Uh, he's got kind of that good malicious look in his eyes. I think you just put Mac Wright in there with him and you've got a classic um, a trio. You've got yeah. uh, Bobby V, yeah. uh, Pete and, and McRide, that to me, that trio was working very well in the comeback. Um, and it's it's popping all over the place. Mm-hmm. They've really got a high work rate. I think um, Rob Valentini added things in his game. I think he was a carry horse in the beginning of the season, but now he's added a lot of things. He's getting hard over the ball. He's getting he's getting over the yeah. ball quite a bit too. So he I, he did that's this. The that's the key with Sam Kane possibly out. You might have yeah. an edge. The Wallabies might have an edge there. For the first yeah. time. Well, the, the interesting, the interesting thing with that though is you probably Adi Savia. Adi Savia comes straight back seven, in, yeah. But in yeah. his preferred so... position at seven, and then you keep Hoskins, and I thought Hoskins was was very good. And then uh, I'm not sure if Frizzell comes back, or you've got. Um... Or or does Scott? They, I, I wonder if they keep or Scott, Scott Barrett at six. Yeah. I, I I think they like him there. So yeah, there's some. Yeah, that, that, that's a that's a that's a big physical back row too from yeah. from, from a yeah. perspective. Actually, both teams can go very very big, or they can go classic. Um, so it's actually a super inter- to me. That's the that's the 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 toss up that really matters in this match is the breakdown. Yeah, yeah I agree. Rugby on the raw. Well, rugby championship finale this this weekend. Um, it's been a fascinating tournament this year. We've said it. It feels like we've said it every week that it feels like it's the certainly the closest yet. There's probably an argument as to whether it's uh, yeah maybe the best tournament since the fall, since since Argentina joined. How, how have you seen it so far, um, let alone how do we try and contemplate how it plays out this weekend? Mate, I have loved it because you've yeah. seen Argentina create history, beat New Zealand in New, uh, in New Zealand. Uh, you've seen them give the Wallabies a touch-up. You know, you've seen, you know, the Wallabies give South Africa um, uh, a touch-up and then get absolutely demolished at the second yeah. time around. And then obviously the game on the weekend. I think the games themselves have just been incredibly entertaining. And... and and the fact that three teams can win the rugby championship going to the last round, yeah, uh, I, it's it's just been so entertaining, so enthralling, and, and it's been, yeah, I, I would I would argue definitely that it's been the best version of the tournament since it's been Argentina been introduced, and more than anything, it's probably a reflection of the, the game as a whole in that teams everywhere are just getting better and better and better. And that's and that's the thing because it doesn't it, it doesn't feel like there's any one thing that has changed about any of the teams to make them suddenly closer, but they are obviously closer. We've seen that in the results. Yeah, I think that, that that's, that's exactly right. It's just te- teams are getting better. Like obviously with uh, training methods and science and diet and technology, all that sort of stuff, whatever it is, like we got teams are just getting better and it's making for more even contests. I mean, that's shown in obviously Ireland beating New Zealand yeah. in, in a series over there. And, and how good, like it's, it's just yeah. so good from an entertainment perspective, but knowing that you're not going into a game now where, in previous years, New Zealand playing Ireland is like okay, New Zealand by thirty, New Zealand by forty. Same thing with like New Zealand Australia. You know, when there was a yeah. while there, it'd be like how much are they beating us by? Whereas now yeah. it's it's more a case of, you know, we're a chance of knocking them off. We're a chance of knocking the world champion Springboks off, and Argentina a chance of knocking all of us off. So yeah, 
Yeah. It's, it's, and, it's been an amazing tournament. And Harry, we couldn't rule out Los Pumas pulling off a major upset in, in Durban this week. The box have named their side with uh, 48-year-old Fran Stain at 10. What's your, <laughs> what's your, what's your thinking yeah. there? No, it, so the, the change is Argentina, right? So what made this yeah. year's tournament great was Argentina. Like before it was you, have, you cannot drop a game to Argentina because then whoever drops the game to Argentina loses. And that's how you decided the rugby championship. This year, they knocked off, I mean, Michael Checker. We have to talk about Michael Checker mm. coming in and teaching them how to beat Australia and New Zealand. I think that's one big thing. Another thing is Montoya, uh, Julian Montoya is the captain of Leicester. Uh, Pablo Matera was at the Crusaders. I mean, there's a lot mm. of IP being shared here. Yeah, true. Uh, a lot of the Pumas now have played in the Southern Hemisphere and Northern Hemisphere. So that's brilliant. Yes, of course they can win in Durban. Uh, will they? I don't think so. And and this is why their top players are overplayed. Uh, Julian Montoya has played, I think, 36 matches in a 12-month period. Yeah, that's uh, incredible. Matera is the top carrier and tackler of the competition. Kremers uh, maybe, you know, tackled 28 tackles in a game. Uh, they looked a little bit out on their feet in the final 10 minutes at home. Now they travel to Durban. Uh, they've already made their point in the tournaments. I'm just not sure. The box, the worst forward named out of the 16 forwards named is Dwayne Vermeulen. So there you go. Which is which is <laughs> some, something in itself, isn't it? It's, right. it's, that's, that's a scary prospect. I mean, all the horses <laughs> are back. Vincent Koch is back. Bongi um, Bongi is back on the bench. I mean, so it's a proper um, it's a proper, proper bomb, bomb squad. squad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How what what have you made of the boxing in Argentina so far, Will? Mate, I've really enjoyed um, Willems are playing ten. I mean, he's obviously not playing ten, yeah. 10 this week, but, but that's the one thing that I've enjoyed about them. Just just he's obviously he's he's got a more attacking mindset, and more attacking instinct in him uh, as opposed to um, you know Pollard, but. And the reason I like it is because they've got so many weapons across the park that you can yeah. only imagine if they've got someone like him to be able to unlock unlock it and, and create space and opportunities around them. They can play different styles of rugby as opposed to just a high-pressure kick type of footy. And, and he's like watching him play. It's almost like they can go to another level with someone like him at 10. Mm. Um, and so that's what I've been really enjoying watching them the last couple of games. And you know, Argentina, the one thing about Argentina that's really stood out to me is probably Czech, like Michael Czech. I mean, he, he got yeah. a lot of criticism around his ability to be able to coach and, and how things sort of turned out a little bit pear-shaped towards the end of his Wallaby career. But I, I honestly see his fingerprints over all the good things that they've done, you know, in terms yeah. of wanting to counterattack a little bit more, play a bit more with the ball in hand. Um, and just that style of running rugby, I, I've really enjoyed that. And, you know, he, he deserves a lot of credit for the good yeah. things that they've done in this tournament. Absolutely, Perfect. Harry. I'm I'm intrigued to 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 get your thoughts on this. the The rumours that have been circulating, uh, the reports even that, that that circulated about a number of Springbok players late last week and over the weekend. What sort of an effect might that have on them? Is it is it is it going to galvanise them? Could it could it potentially derail them? What's what's your thinking there? I mean. The guys I know in the box squad are very upset about this. Yeah, I think that was a tremendously poor journalistic integrity by someone that I'm not going to name uh, in those media outlets. They didn't have attribution. They didn't have sourcing. It it was a story about a story, which I always think is terrible. Yeah, I mean they waited for the actual whatever test they think they have. Let's see them. Um, I don't think it's true. I think there's. I think there's. I think there's some little bit of something in there and they're, they're running to the story too far. So I think the, the box actually feel again uh, like they're under attack and a box team under attack is always a better team. So yeah, I think they're going to put a bit of a hiding on the Pumas this time. And I, like I said, it's not because the Pumas haven't had a great tournament. They had a great one. It was the best one ever for them, but that's part of it. I think they've already booked their, um, we beat New Zealand, uh, you know? Yeah. So. They can, they can ride on that for a while. Uh, well, before we let you go, I wanted to get some thoughts. We know that Australia A are going to play a Japanese 15 in a three-match series in October. The first game will be the the first of, uh, first of October. Um, the squad will be named on Wednesday, but we know as we go to air, or as we, as we record this, that Suliasi Vunavalu, Pony Falmasili, and Lachlan Lonigan will be named in that squad. Um, and obviously that's about getting some game time uh, into into guys that have been in the Wallaby squad but haven't necessarily seen a lot of action. That's 
that feels like a no-brainer. Um, it's, it's obviously a good move in, in your thoughts. Yeah, I love the idea of the Aussie A program full stop. And obviously, because you've you got to think about it, like once you get settled in your combinations in a test team, you keep the remainder of the squad there because of, you know, it, it is a squad mentality, right? There could be injuries and then mm. guys training well, they get given opportunities. But without the Aussie A program, and in, which was the case when I was playing, those guys don't play any rugby. And if they do yeah. play rugby, they go back and play club rugby. And they're, they're not practicing the structures and, and the plays that they need to practice if they get given an opportunity in, in test level. So going back now and playing in the Aussie A program, I'm sure that the systems put in place in terms of how they want to play the game will be very mm. similar to the Wallabies. So they're getting match practice, being able to, to work on things under pressure in game situation for if they ever give, get given the opportunity to play, to, to play test footy. So I, I love yeah. the idea of it. And yeah, those guys haven't played a whole lot of footy, in particular Suliasi, yeah. you know. And, and for someone who's had injuries, you know, soft tissue injuries with hamstrings and things like that, you can do all the training in the world, but you've got to get out there and be playing games to be able to condition your body um, yeah. to be able to handle it. So for someone like him, I think it's great. He's uh, now that I actually think about it, as you say that, he's he's only played a handful of games. Is he only played three or four for the Reds, maybe this year? He's, he hasn't played very much at all, and that and yeah. that's the thing. Like you. you and he, I think I've heard things that he's a poor trainer. I don't know if that's true. And if it's mm-hmm. not, then I'm standing, I'll sit here and apologize. But, and that, you know, that those sorts of things, because I, I played with George Smith. George Smith was, he, he wasn't a poor trainer, but like whenever we did fitness tests, he, he'd come last. Yeah. Almost proudly. Yeah. But then you put him on a field and he's an absolute machine. And so yeah. th- there are guys like that that just need to be playing week in, week out to be able to condition their body, but also just to sharpen them up. Yeah, and I, that's what I love about the fact that we've got this Aussie A program where those guys can get game time. Yeah, Pony obviously played uh, played half an hour or so in the test um, on Thursday night. Lachlan Lonigan, we haven't seen a lot of though this this year, and Hooker's still a position that um, you know hasn't been entirely you know nailed down. I think Dave Barecki looks looks pretty comfortable with the first choice, but uh, you know how how other hooking options fit in around that. So I think it's still still to be to be so that boy, you know, that boy was fired up, Dave Parecki. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was great. He was great yeah. again. But it's 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 a big opportunity for, for someone like Lachlan Lonigan. Absolutely. I mean, you just I mean you saw Falau play against Argentina and, and he was excellent then probably a little bit of inconsistency in his performances after that. And so I think you're right, the door's certainly wide open. I'd say mm-hmm. Dave Parecki is, is is you know, to me he's he's comfortably the number one because in all the in all the games he's played, he's been excellent. Yeah, I think he's, right. got a, he's, he's really good at the set piece. Really, really good yeah. at the set piece. I think that's his strength. But um, yeah, yeah it's, it, it, it certainly is one of those positions that's wide open, even if it's a bench spot or guys mm. aren't performing. Um, it's certainly one that's open, yeah. Yeah. It, it, it will be interesting to see who is who is named in the squad. Um, from the from the or from, there's 13 players uh, didn't play obviously on Thursday night in the whatever it is the thirty-six man squad. So I suspect that someone like Jock Campbell, certainly Lungy Gleeson, maybe even Nick Frost, um, you know, maybe Harry Wilson. Potentially, is there is there some some names there or some other names that you that come to mind that that you'd love to see get a run? Well, I mean, you've got the halfbacks, obviously, like someone like Tate, yeah. if he isn't picked, he'll, he'll definitely obviously be heading over there. Yeah. I like the look of Ryan Ryan Lonigan as well. Yep. I think he's yep. I think he's a very 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 good player, uh, and even even guys who I guess might have performed really well at Super Rugby that um, that aren't obviously part of the squad. I think that the there's a Donaldson from the from the yep. Waratahs, and Tan yep. Edmund. Those guys potentially get given opportunities. Um, and the, is it Lungy Gleeson that you mentioned? I mean, he obviously yep. was gradu- graduated into the Wallaby setup off the back of some good performances. Um, yeah, for Australia in, that, right in the Pacific yeah, Nations in, Cup, yeah, in, in that in that Aussie program. So it's certainly a pathway for those guys. Um, you say, you, uh, the coaches will have an idea. So sometimes you know they'll, they'll pick guys who might have played a handful of Super Rugby games and just think they can see that they've potential. They've got the potential to take the step to the to the next level. And the program, the Aussie A program, is certainly something that they can use for that. So yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing Jock Campbell get a bit of game time. I really like him as a player. I'd love to see him maybe get given a go in, in a Wallaby um, yeah. test moving forward. I just, yeah. I, I really like his game. And so he's someone I hope that it, it does well so he can get given an opportunity. And yeah, maybe for someone like Tate, I think it, it, the Australia yeah. A program will be really important because we know the quality that he has, but it's more a case of being consistent in mm. his performances 
Uh, and and I think the Aussie A program will serve them well. Those those three games in Japan are about a fortnight before the first game of the spring tour as well. So it's entirely possible that we'll see some young guys, um, you know, play these Australia A games and then still make the trip to Europe, which would be again fantastic in terms of getting some some game time. Just actually looking back through the Australia A squad for the Pacific Nations Cup, and immediately the names that stick out are actually guys like. Yeah, Fraser McWright and Billy Pollard, um, who who got call ups to the Wallaby squad, Langy Gleeson, um, based on their performances in those in in those A games. So there's there's absolutely some value in, in playing these three games. No, there's huge value. Like, yeah. like I, I went on spring tours. Um, my first ever spring tour, we took a squad of forty. Uh, it was a five week um, tour, and we had because we had two or three midweek games, and, and it's just. Like you, you, when when you're away for five weeks and those guys just train without the opportunity to play games, yeah. like it, it it gets it gets tough, it gets boring, yeah. it gets mundane, it it gets difficult. Like you're obviously privileged to be in that position, but you're never actually really practicing anything that you are gonna that, that in match conditions or in pressure, high pressure situations are gonna serve you well to grow as a player. Yeah, you know, it's essentially five weeks of holding pads or five weeks of. Um, running opposition attack against the Wallaby defense and things of that nature. So it's, it can be quite a tough slog and you can sort of feel a little bit stunted in your growth as a player. So the fact that they've got this program, it helps the Wallabies also in the sense that they can manage guys' workloads. Like, yeah, you know, they, they look at the, the, the test season that's just happened and they might give a, like, certain guys a week off, but then guys who haven't played a lot, they chuck them in and then they make mm-hmm. up the rest of the squad with Super Rugby players who were really good throughout the Super Rugby season. Uh, and so it provides a lot of opportunities and it provides guys a pathway um, to get to the Wallabies who aren't like a Michael Hooper, who aren't yeah. like a Quade Cooper, who aren't like a, you know, a Hunter Paisami or Samu yeah. Kirby, guys who might be there or thereabouts, but they need to have another look at um, at, a, at a level above Super. So I, th- mm. yeah, I think it's an excellent concept and I'm so glad they brought it back. Yeah, absolutely. And we know that they've, that Jason Gilmore has just been handed the Wallabies program and said, here it is. This is how we need to play. These guys all need to know it. So it's a, it's a logical approach. Um, well, it's been fantastic once again to, to, to have, have this chat. We, we thank you so much for your, for your time. Once again, it's, um, it is going to be fascinating to see how this rugby championship plays out this weekend. I appreciate you guys having me and yeah, hopefully the boys can get up and uh, we can celebrate. Absolutely. That'd be fantastic. Well, good to see you. Yeah. Thanks guys. Cheers. The Roar. Harry, fantastic to have uh, have Will Guinea back. Uh, always an enjoyable chat, and and he's, uh, I think we, I mean, it's a treat to talk to him. But the fact that he's writing for the site as well, um, we're we're getting so much out of him, uh, you know, in his, in his post playing days. Yeah, it's such a likable guy. It's it's, it's mm. hard to admit that you like a halfback, eh? and uh, especially one that you spend Oi! the whole. You spent your whole, his whole <laughs> career. I was thinking, why are you killing us from like a retreating scrum? He would pick up from the base and run, you know, 60 meters and score, but <laughs> couldn't be a nicer guy. Yeah. Not a nicer guy in rugby, actually. No, fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, the sixth and final round of the rugby championship is this weekend. It kicks off with New Zealand hosting Australia at Eden Park in Auckland. It's uh, 5.05 p.m. Saturday afternoon Australian time. Do check what time that is for you, wherever you are around the rugby world. Uh, and then that's followed by South Africa and Argentina at Kings Park in Durban. Uh, again, 1.05 a.m. Sunday morning Australian time. What's it? What would it be at three or four or five o'clock local time? Yeah, it's a afternoon. I think it's a right around two. Yeah. Yeah, right. Up. There you go. Um, United Rugby Championship. We've not had a chance to speak about. Um, it's actually round two this uh, this weekend. It started uh, started last weekend, as we haven't really had a chance to talk about it. Um, kicks off on Saturday with uh, Zebra and the Sharks um, in Italy. There, Glasgow and Cardiff, and we've got Leinster and. Benetton in Dublin, Scarlets facing Ulster, and then in South Africa, the Bulls hosting Edinburgh at Loftus, uh, the Stormers hosting Connaught, and uh, finishes up with Ospreys and the Lions, the Dragons and Munster. The Stormers hosting Connaught, mate. This is their first of a couple of games that they're playing in Stellenbosch because they can't get into the stadium in Cape Town. It's is it monster trucks this weekend or is it the circus? What's the re- there's there's a numerous reasons they can't play in Cape Town. Justin Bieber, baby. That's right. Justin Bieber. <laughs> That's the one. 
Yeah. <laughs> That's right. No, Lots the, of trucks is later, isn't it? The Donnie Craven Stadium uh, in Stellenbosch is actually such a beloved place. And I think it's mm. going to be a genius place to, to, to host it. But I mean, it's interesting. These um, these smaller stadiums in the URC, they fill up well. The comp has been well viewed. The, the stats just came out on 2021-22. So 34.6 million viewers total for the whole comp. That's a 169% increase from wow. uh, the year before. Uh, an average of 230,000 people viewed per game. They actually pioneered a really good app, which anyone can use, the, the yeah. URC app. It's URC.tv, I think it is, yeah. yeah. The game of your choice and you download it, made it simple. Um, the top, the, the most viewed team was the Stormers as a whole, but I mean, the Irish teams pulled really well. Mm. And even the final where it was an all South African affair, more Irish people watched it than had ever watched a URC match. So wow. I there's a there's a there's something brewing there in the URC yeah. that's work. It's got some problems, look, but uh, it's it's got some wrinkles to to work out. But it, the immediate return is uh, obvious for whoever's back in it, whoever invested it. They're mm. thinking, yes, this is good. There's yeah. something in this. Yeah, yeah. I, I, look, and they're, they're doing a lot of things right. I'll, I've mentioned the the visible the visible countdown clocks on scrums, on conversions, on penalties. It's a how relevant. It's a, it's, it's a, it will exactly yeah. It's a it's a simple thing. It's not a special. It's like it's not a it's not a local law variation for the competition. It's just an enforcement of a current law. They just display a countdown clock, and it works. It's effective it's, and it's clarity. That's all it is. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. It's there's there's a lot of things that, that that Super Rugby could learn from the URC. I've got no doubt at all. So we'll keep um, we'll certainly keep a close eye on on that uh, as the as the podcast goes on for the rest of the year. Um, a little bit of news around and about. I, I mentioned Rob Liotta's uh, ruptured Achilles from Bledisloe One, so he obviously won't play again this year. Well, I'd say we you'll miss probably the first. Half of Super Rugby, I think next year it's a it's it's probably looking at a you know mm. nine month recovery. They tend to be, um, and that's the third Achilles um, injury in uh, in Wallabies camps and uh, Wallabies set up this year with Quade yeah, Cooper. And Harry Johnson Holmes goes down. Darcy Swain's judiciary hearing is set down for Wednesday at five o'clock Australian time. Um, he's been charged with uh, under law 911 players must not do anything that is reckless and dangerous to others and it will be interesting to see where that starts because mid-range for it i think is six weeks i think top end is 10 uh i can't see that he'll be eligible for the everyone gets a medal discount that seems to get handed out these days so i can easily see that darcy swain won't play rugby again this this year we'll see how that goes at best, that was reckless. At yeah. worst, it, it looked yeah. like it could have even been a little bit of a you know brain at, fog. At the time, at the time, at the time, I wondered about it. Yeah, what yeah what they're actually looking at. But yeah, on 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 reflection and looking back at it a few times since, it does not look good at all. So um, I suspect that he might be sitting out for a little while now. Uh, Bledisloe Two at Eden Park is sold out. It's a, it was officially declared a, a sellout uh, over the weekend, which is fantastic. Um, a shout out to Western Districts, the Bulldogs in Brisbane. They beat University of Queensland 44-27 on Sunday for their first Hospital Cup Premiership in 16 years. Uh, Seru Uru playing at number eight was absolutely superb in claiming the player of the match um, and, uh, and and the celebrations, I'm sure, uh, are still going in the northwestern Brisbane suburbs. Uh, Wellington, in their 100th Ranfurly Shield match, have captured the log of wood for the first time since 2009, uh, that 1912 win over Hawks Bay in Napier on Saturday. It's just the second time Wellington have held the Ranfurly Shield since 1982. Uh, and a bit of a shout out to our mate Digger Kane, who would probably still be celebrating this now, I suspect. Uh, <laughs> some signing news uh, the ACT Brumbies have confirmed that. I mean, I've known about these ones for months, the signing of uh, former seven-star Ben O'Donnell uh, and also Jack Debrasini. A lot of – his name seems to come up a lot, um, but he's he will play for the Brumbies next year. So I've known about that one for a little while. They've, they've got him in mind as, as 10, 10 and 15 cover, and I think he'll be pretty handy, actually. Um, the 2023 Super Round was confirmed for round two of Super Rugby next year. I think it was confirmed over the weekend, and it will be – Fascinating to see how it all works in terms of promotion and, and and everything about it this year. I think I think we know that the concept 
is pretty good, um, but it there was a lot of things that could have been done better uh, this time around. So um, it's the first weekend of March, uh, March next year, and uh, and games have all been set out for that across the three days of it already. Uh, the in Melbourne, right? In, in Melbourne, that's right. Yeah, at Amy Park in Melbourne again. Uh, former now Brumby's fullback uh, Tom Banks uh, confirmed that Honda Heat will be his Japanese home next year when he um, comes back from from that uh, that nasty uh, nasty arm break that he that he suffered. Um, and he'll be joined by Pablo Mateta, which is who's you know the topical player of choice at the moment. Uh, that'll be right. interesting to see how they go. Um, and Already, mate, the uh, reports of the next New Zealand post-World Cup exodus um, have started the reports. Uh, Nepo Lalala rumoured to be joining Toulouse and Bowden Barrett potentially heading to Racing um, after the World Cup. So there's only going to be more of these sorts of reports, isn't there? Speaking of a, of a screen or kicking screen, Racing has the biggest screen in rugby. It, it takes an entire uh, side of the stadium. And so the kicker is looking into himself oh. a time it's massive it's well you would, you would have seen it at, at, at the new football stadium in sydney um the at the at the old stadium before what they knocked down it had a massive screen at one end and, and i still remember it i'm sure it was bernard foley in a game looking up at the post trying to to, to gather himself for a kick and all he can see is himself looking up? <laughs> it, it's got to be off-putting. It's it's got to be right. off-putting. I'd I'd love to. Nick, we we we'll, we must get a goal kicker on, and we'll we'll ask that very question. But that is it. Thirty episode thirty six of the Raw Rugby Podcast done and complete. Don't forget Harry and I are both on the socials, and don't forget to drop us a line on the Raw when the new episode page lands uh, each week. The Thursday two up is back this week to try and ponder how the rugby championship might conclude. Um, and Harry and I will be back with Jim Tucker on Saturday night for another instant reaction pod after Bledisloe 2 in Auckland. Don't forget to like, follow, subscribe on your pod platform of choice, and you'll ensure that every new episode drops in your notifications as soon as it goes live. It's the Raw Rugby Podcast with me, Brett McKay, and Harry Jones every week on the raw.com.au, Australia's biggest sporting debate, the home of all your favourite international rugby analysis, opinions, and conversations. Thanks for listening. We'll be back in your ears next week. Be like Julia Templer from Queensland and come play with us.